My name's Natalie. I'm part of the team here at King's and if you're visiting I just want to say a really really warm welcome to you this morning. We're doing things a little bit differently this morning. We're going to have church news at the end. Hannah's going to come and do that and it's a bit of a different morning in a number of ways actually because on a normal Sunday um, someone would come up and they would um, preach from the Bible. Um, you'd get a sermon, you'd get verses from the Bible, and someone would speak about them, they'd talk through them, they'd explain how we should apply them to our lives. Um, but this morning, we're actually not going to do that. It's going to be a little bit different. And instead, three of us are going to speak about how we talk to people about Jesus. And it's partly because, we're, as a church, we're in a year of mission. So we're in a year where we are focusing on how we can increasingly share the love of God. Everything we've been singing and worshipping about this morning. How we can share that with other people, both through the words we say and through the way we act. Um, So if you're a visitor here this morning in particular, it might feel like a bit of a weird uh, morning. It might be a bit of a strange one for you. You might feel a little bit like you're listening in on a conversation, like you're eavesdropping in. And you are very welcome to do that. We're really glad you're here. Um, But the reason we're talking about it is because Jesus has had such a profound effect on us that we want to share him with the people around us. We want other people to come to know him in the way we've come to know him. You've, you've heard it this morning just in the um, exuberance or the overflow of praise. We love Jesus because he is so amazing. And so because he's been so amazing to us, we just want other people to know about him too. And for some of us, this comes really naturally. Some of us love to talk about Jesus to people who don't know him. Um, But for others, it's a bit more difficult. And often it's simply about personality types. For some of us, we just like to talk about anything and everything. And so, you know, maybe it does come easy. And for others, it doesn't. Some in the church, some Christians will do it completely naturally naturally. without even trying. And we'd probably call them evangelists, or we might say that they're evangelistically gifted. I actually don't think I'm one of those people, by the way. I don't find that it comes effortlessly to me to talk to other people about Jesus. I want to share him with others, but it's just something that I think over the years I've been a bit like, oh, I don't know about this, or what are people going to think of me, or are they just going to think I'm a bit nuts? I mean, probably, but but that's okay. And when I first became a Christian, someone told me that sharing your faith was a key part of what it meant to be a Christian. So, um, you know, as a new Christian, I thought, well, I better do that then. Um, Unfortunately, I was full of zeal for it and no wisdom whatsoever. Um, So I just bound in telling everyone about Jesus because I felt like I had to. And I wouldn't worry about whether the time was right. I wouldn't look for an opportunity particularly. I wouldn't even look at whether the person was interested or not. I'd just quite forcefully batter people. You know the expression Bible basher, that definitely would have applied to me when I first became a Christian. Um, I remember once buying a copy of The Big Issue from a guy on the street. And as I bought it from him, I said to him, I'm buying this because I'm a Christian. And he looked at me and was like, okay. And then I walked off. And that was the end of that. And also on my first day of university, I remember in my corridor going and knocking on every door in halls of residence and saying, hi, I'm Natalie, I'm a Christian. And again, people just going, all right, okay, it's a bit weird. Um, It was a bit of an odd thing to do. And for a long time after that, I went to the other extreme 
and didn't talk about my faith at all because I realized, because it didn't come naturally to me, because I was so awkward at it, I thought it's probably better for me and, to be honest, for everyone around me if I just actually stopped doing it. So I went from one extreme to the other before kind of realizing that actually I could share my faith, which I really wanted to do, but also I could just be me as well. That I didn't have to try and be someone else. That I didn't have to try and be some kind of super evangelist. I did want people to hear about how amazing Jesus is and how amazing he's been to me. How kind and loving and powerful and wise and strong he is. But I could actually do this in keeping with my natural personality. Without trying to be someone I'm not. So about 15 years ago, I made this decision that I would just try to talk to those in my life who don't know Jesus in the same way that I talk to many of you, my friends here, who do know Jesus. I just made this decision that actually I would just try and make it as normal as possible. I'd try and have no difference in the way I talk to the non-Christians in my life compared to the Christians. And this has meant all sorts of weird and wonderful conversations. Um, I'll give you an example. I mean, I I talk to my mum really openly about tithing. So that's about wanting God to have the first proportion of my income. And I've talked to my mum so openly, um, just normally about tithing, about what I want to do with my money, about where I want that to go to, that she's told me that she's actually rewritten her will so that now she's leaving a third of everything she has to my brother, a third of everything she has to my sister, and a third of everything she has to Jesus because she knows it's what I'd want. (laughs) I have to confess it's not what I want. It's not what I want. And I told her that on the phone yesterday, and she said, well, you're a bad Christian then. Um, And then she started saying all sorts of funny things to me about Jesus. And I said to her, you realize the more you talk to me in this conversation, the more I'm going to use it tomorrow when I speak at church. So she said, okay, the conversation's over. Bye. And then she hung up the phone on me. Me and my mum have a lot of conversations like this. And a lot of the times it is jokey. It is. It's just become so natural that we just muck around a little bit. But often it does lead to more serious conversations. And because I've talked to her and said, oh, I prayed for so-and-so today at church because they're ill or someone prayed for me because I'm sick, it meant that a couple of years ago when she had a frozen shoulder, she said to me, well, aren't you going to pray for me then? And I was like, yeah, do you want me to come and lay hands? No, no, do it over there in your head, she said. And then she said, well, can't you get your friends to pray for me as well? So I did. I asked some of you here in the church, will you pray for my mum's shoulder? And you know what was really amazing was not only that people responded by praying, but someone in the church sent my mum a bunch of flowers. Didn't send me a bunch of flowers. No, I'm joking. They sent her a bunch of flowers. Someone else in the church bought her or made her a load of sweet treats and delivered them to our house. And so my mum was just really overwhelmed by the kindness of people that she'd maybe met once or twice. Um, a couple of people who gave stuff to her and prayed for her had never met her at all. And she was just really overwhelmed by that. And it really spoke to her about the love of God, the love of God for her. I mean, she did also at one point say, tell them it's not working, they need to pray harder. But... <laughs> That is just her way. And you know what's really funny as well is that um, I'm so not an evangelist that I have not really for a few years invited my mum or even my closest non-Christian friends to church events because they've just started inviting themselves. So every August or September, I'm not kidding you, my mum will say to me, what's coming up in the autumn at the church that I need to put in my diary? She'll say things like, when are carols? When's the quiz night? Uh, When we have Alpha tasters sometimes, she'll say, when's that happening? I want to come to that. She doesn't want to come to Alpha. 
does want to come to Alpha Taster. So she instigates now this line of questioning and then starts writing it all in her calendar so that she can come along. So that's just one example of how we're just trying to talk about even some of the weird stuff, some of the stuff that's strange to people that we might do, like with our finances or with healing. My mum has actually taken that on, and though she doesn't know Jesus, she actually knows how to talk about those things in the same way that many Christians do. There are others in the church among us who this comes more naturally to, and I want to invite one of them up now. So Steve Barnes, let's give him a really warm round of applause as he comes up. So, Steve, you've brought loads of people along to, like, Alpha courses and stuff over the last few years. Why don't you tell us a bit about how you share your faith? Yeah, um, I was trying to, Natalie gave me some heads up on it, so I was trying to think of some examples over the years, and and three stood out. Um, I work with with adults with learning disabilities, um, and one of the main ones there is is, uh, a young man that I I got to know, worked alongside, and I used to meet him, drive him to work every day, and it went on for a while. And he started to ask questions and talk about his own life um, and some of the things he used to watch, mainly around sort of horror videos and bits and pieces. And I thought I was quite safe. So, I've, And because of the whole conflict of interest thing, I was really quite worried about you know, what I should be saying to him or not. So I, it was very much an, not, not the way I would normally deal with things. So I kept him at, harm, at arm's length. Um, but this went on and on and on for a year, and he kept probing and he kept asking questions. Um, and it was very much a hands-off approach, and it got to the point where he was asking me what I was doing in the evenings, and I was having to say, look, I'm going to involve this thing called Alpha, and, and eventually I said, look, you need to do an Alpha. You just need to go and find one, but not mine, and, and go and find one. I thought that was pretty safe, because it's, it's unlikely he'd be able to find one. Anyway, he found an Alpha course in his hometown. Um, he took himself off to it. Uh, he went on it, and then he came in few weeks later and said that he'd become a Christian. It's an amazing sort of thing. It really knocked me for six because up to that point, I kind of thought that I had to perform in giving the gospel. I kind of thought it was, it was a little bit about me and, and to watch this guy, um, you know, make a commitment, it's amazing. And, and then he went to, um, he, got, he got baptized in front of his parents and, and about 200 other people. Um, and it's a significant thing in his life. Um, and it, again, it taught, it really did teach me it was not about me, which is something uh, you'll see a thread through all of these. Um, and in, and it's very much the organisation that I work with, as, as I've seen, we've seen a number of people, and it gets not, nothing to do with me, it's a, a number of people, and obviously God's the major part. Um, and, it's, and a few years ago, I was praying for the organisation for something, and just seeing, um, started praying for the staff, and um, it was just through really just sharing life, but it wasn't through anything saying anything sort of particularly brilliant or anything. It was just through sharing life, them seeing me go through sort of various things and 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 uh, and, and maybe just chatting about stuff and a bit like Natalie said, just talking about the normal sort of parts of life, um, and and then maybe and then asking them to do alpha and asking them to do alpha and they were doing it. So we had a number of people just doing alpha, and there's a few people here um, that are obviously you know that became Christians on it. Um, but I, I sometimes wonder, looking back on it, thinking I must have been a miserable so-and-so to work with because it was frustrating because, again, I kind of got into the whole thing of looking at people and thinking, is there anything going on? Is God really working? And, and one particular individual, um, it took like something like 10 years. I worked alongside her quite closely. It was like 10 years. She did alphas, about four alphas. She ran. She actually cooked for an alpha. Um, and, then, and, uh, and I organized an alpha in her home where she cooked for it. And she still didn't become a Christian. And it was kind of become... I'm sure I must have showed my frustration. 
Um, and, uh, and the really good thing is, it's not only they became Christians, but their families became Christians as well. Their husbands and their children are here amongst us as well, which is even better to see. So whole generations have changed as well. Um, and, and looking back at it, um, one of the things that I, I kind of realized that was a clincher, because actually all of those people, most of the people that I've been involved with, I've never actually many, prayed with many of them to actually become Christians, if you know what I mean, you know, that, that final stage. Um, but one of, the, one of the clinchers seems to be that they meet my wife. And uh, I think they're so sort of struck by the fact that somebody like her can be married to, manage to keep a marriage together with someone like me, that God must be kind of genuine. So uh, um, that, that's kind of the thing. Um, and then the last one, very quickly, was just a, 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 I got woken up in the middle of the night. Um, a, again, a, a real impression to pray for somebody. It was quite a long time ago. I didn't do this kind of thing. It was out of my comfort zone. And I felt God say, pray for that person. And this went on for about a week of me trying to generate an opportunity to do it. I didn't really want to do it, trying to avoid it. And God just nagged me, basically. Um, and I did. I eventually just, it must have been really awkward, like, you know, where you were saying. Um, I just wanted to get it out of the way. I wasn't really bothered whether she got healed or not. Um, I just prayed for her. Um, and it, but it unlocked something in her. So, again, it's that whole, the whole idea of God might be doing something that I had no idea about. And I was just called to be obedient, really. It was something that was really out of my comfort zone, though. So, Steve, have you always found it easy to share your faith? Um, not initially. For, um, when I became a Christian, um, for about, again, I can't, time's a bit scatty, but uh, three or four weeks, I didn't really know what a Christian, what I was supposed to do. Um, and then we had some fellow turn up at the church, and a bunch of us, we all become Christians at Billy Graham. And uh, he prayed for the Holy Spirit to meet us, and he did for me. And I had such an amazing sort of burden to go and go back and tell my friends who I'd sort of come out of. Um, and, and, and I wasn't very good at it either. I was a bit of a bull in a china shop as well. Um, and I went straight back in there. One of my favorite verses has always been that we're kind of the fragrance of Christ or the odor of death. Um, and, and, and looking back on those times, I'm not sure my friends really uh, appreciated me being the odor of death when they're on their nights out. Um, but that, that was kind of, that was in the early stages. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't very good at it at all. Um, but I believe the gospel is good news. So when, I, when I'm talking to people, I genuinely believe it's good news. They might not think that, but it's, it's good news. And, and it's part of who we are as Christians as well. When I became a Christian, the Bible says I'm an ambassador, I'm, I'm salt, and I'm light. And again, I might not always believe it, but it, it says so. So um, that's what it is. And, and also, I've, since doing uh, Alpha courses, I've kind of become to sort of understand that actually our faith is reasonable. It's, it's not just about how I feel on a Monday morning. It's about... Um, you know, it's, it's something that, um, that makes sense. It's, it's morally makes sense. It philosophically makes sense. It historically makes sense. So that means I don't have to share my faith when I feel, you know, holy or anything like that. I can do it at any time. Okay. And just a final question I'm going to ask you is um, sharing Jesus obviously does come naturally to you. But what advice would you give to people here who don't find it so easy? Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, just, I guess, I'd be yourself. First thing to do is is pray, ask God, ask God for open up opportunities, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and listen to what he's telling you. Um, again, that's, that's pretty much um, one of the major things. Uh, just practical examples, I mean, some of the things over the years, if you feel like having a go, write, write a tract, have a go at personal tracts. I've done that over the years. They're, they're quite good fun, especially if you get those people in town who give you those things you know, all the time. If you can throw one back at them and just run away, that's, that's fine. Um, and, and I guess it's a bit better than, you know, when you get people with a big issue, bits and pieces like that, give it to them. And they're great for just leaving places. And, and you can go on. There's, there's various people to help you write one as well. And you don't have to write, 
your whole story. I think we get a bit tied up with, you know, I haven't got a story to say. I haven't got a dramatic conversion or I haven't got an amazing miracle to talk about. And again, my wife is, is a real good example of this, is that she's had a number of people that she's prayed with, whether it's just opportunities to talk to people uh, about sort of what life's like, God meeting her in the kind of ordinary stuff of life, the family, the sort of school gates sort of stuff. And I kind of think that's where, where non, a lot of non-Christians are, are sort of itching in many ways. They want to know, is, is there integrity about Christianity? And, and is it real? Does it help you on a Monday morning? Um, and, and I think that applies to all of us. You know, we've all got a story to say, actually, God does help me with my kids. Um, and, uh, and then the final thing really is, is, is read, obviously read the Bible. And for me, I just, just throw things out to some of the students out there, is for me, I've, I've really got, I've really become interested in sort of apologetics and stuff like that. And, and just the idea of reading about people who talk about the issues that we might face when we get into conversations. So if you're a student about to go to university or college, there's things that you might get hit with that could easily sort of derail sometimes. So, again, I listen to podcasts, just a few names, people like Andrew Wilson, who we, may, we might know, um, a guy called John Lennox, Ravi Zacharias, things like that, and podcasts that I listen to, just so that when I do speak to people, I'm, I'm sort of forearmed a little bit about what they're going to say. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Steve. Can we thank Steve for coming up and doing that? One of the key things that's really struck me as I've spoken to Steve over the last week or so about this morning is that it's God who saves people. It's God who rescues people. It's not um, something that is our responsibility in that sense. And that's something I think I've had to um, really battle through to learn. Because when I first started trying to bring Jesus naturally into conversations with people who don't know him... um, I felt like I had to back up everything I said by being perfect. And many of you know me, so you'll know that that didn't last very long. Um, I'm not perfect. Um, But I thought if I really strive to be the most honest, the most kind, the most loving, the most forgiving, the most patient, all these things, then that's what will win people to Jesus. And obviously all those things are good things to want to be and to pursue. But actually, I really genuinely thought that people would only be attracted to Jesus if I was the most secure and loving and gracious person they'd ever met. And for many people, I'm not. So um, Phil Moore talks about, uh, Phil Moore, who leads a church in London, he talks about being um, someone's God person. That when someone wants prayer or they've got a question about God or whatever, that you be the person that they come to. But like I say, I thought that meant I had to be perfect. And thankfully, I've since learned that it doesn't mean that. And actually, that it's often when I'm struggling that God speaks to those in my life who don't know Jesus. And it's often in those moments when they see something different about me. Uh, Just yesterday morning, I had a text message from a friend of mine who doesn't know Jesus, who's really struggling. And she just said in the text, I admire you for having faith in something you can't see. So sometimes I think my faith might seem ridiculous or might seem foolish. But actually, I think when the rubber hits the road, often the people around us admire the fact that we hold on to God through all circumstances. And with, certainly with the closest uh, non-Christians in my life, I share really openly when I'm having doubts, when I'm having fears, even when I'm disappointed in or confused by God. Because I've found that actually integrity and honesty is much more attractive than trying to pretend to be something I'm not or trying to pretend that I've got it all sewn together. And when you share honestly, 
uh, with those who don't know Jesus in your life about the difficulties you're going through and about some of the battles you might have with God, you get the bizarre experience of having non-Christians tell you what the Bible says or tell you what you've said in the past that God said to you. I've had that on a number of occasions, had um, particularly one non-Christian friend in my life who has reminded me time and time again, but didn't you say God's like this? Don't you talk about the mercy of God? Don't you say that God forgives you? Don't you say, and I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it is, it's a bizarre but amazing thing. Um, and so I just want to encourage you to be real with those in your life. Don't try and be something that you're not. And again, that's why we wanted different people to come up this morning and speak, because we all do it in a different way. We don't have to try and be someone else. So the next person I'd love us to welcome is Dan Glover, who's going to come up and tell us a bit about how he does it. So Dan, rumour has it that you quite like talking about Jesus. Why don't you tell us a bit about how you share your faith? I think straight up, rumour has it, I quite like talking. So, you know, any chance just to talk is a win. Um, for, for me, it goes all the way straight to Matthew 10, 8. And it's like my favourite verse in the Bible of, freely you've received the love of Christ, or freely you've received, so freely give. And for me, that's just a, a big thing of, I've freely received something, so I want to freely give it out. And so a couple of practical things. of um, yeah, I, I invite my work colleagues to the quiz night. Um, so we had a group of us, and um, we got like three questions right. We didn't know any of them, so we just started heckling. So whoever's hosting that night, sorry, but... But like, yeah, my bad. And, but we had a great time and it just got them up here, got them talking about it, going, oh, this is where you do church. And actually, they, they knew I was a Christian um, through my CV. So I became a Christian and then two weeks later, I was doing Impact in East Grinstead. So um, it was quite hard sharing my faith at first because I was, didn't have a clue. But actually, when I just opened up to kind of anyone, anyone who gave me a question, I was like, sweet, um, I'll try my best to answer it. Sweet. Sorry, I'm a youth worker. We talk like cool. And um, uh, so another another quick example is I've got a, a friend of mine who's going at the moment through a real rough time, um, really really rubbish. And uh, I just think the best way that I can love him is just invite him around for dinner. Um, yeah, it's a really horrible time, and and for for him, he's told me that it actually meant it meant a lot. It probably meant more than a prayer could have done, or telling about Jesus. Just saying. Do you want to come around for dinner? You know, we can play FIFA and, and have some food. And, and for me, that's just a freely received, so I'm going to freely give it out thing. On, or, or that question of, um, what did you do this weekend? Uh, and then we all go, oh, on Saturday I went to the shops, and, and Sunday I, I did something, and, and then I went around someone else's house, and you forget about the church thing. I will never shy away from the church bit. I love, I love it going, what did you do this weekend? Oh, you know, Saturday I did this, this is Sunday. I, I went to church, and this was said, and that was said, and it was great fun. And, and So, for example, on Friday night, we had our youth prayer meeting here, and it was great, and I'll tell my colleagues about it, but I'll also tell them the fun bits as well. So, really quickly, um, uh, we were doing a fire tunnel, a prayer tunnel thing, and I was getting a prophetic word and all this lot. And then, like, my highlight of the night, I kid you not, is when Joe was like, right, Dan, uh, you're going to need the next bit. But before we do that, on three, two, one, go, we're going to bundle Dan, right? So we're like, what? Uh, and the person that gets me is Steve Young. And he rugby tackles me to the ground. But I'll tell my colleagues that because I want them to know that church is also fun as well as um, holy. So you mentioned that at the beginning you didn't quite always find it easy to share your faith. Why don't you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, so, so when I became a Christian, like I said, two weeks later, I... I did impact so I was in a church and so I didn't really feel like I needed to share it because 
they're Christians. But I didn't really have any non-Christian mates, really. Um, I kind of went through a rough time in my life, so I kind of all my friends I did have, I didn't really have any more. Uh, and it wasn't until I got invited up to a conference in Edinburgh, in, in Scotland, uh, and to come and speak, uh, which was really weird. I'd only been a Christian about six months, uh, and I had to speak on random acts of kindness. And we were doing this street ministry thing, and it wasn't until we did this street ministry thing that I really kind of was like, oh... I've got to do it now. And so we spoke to loads of people. And I've got to be honest, at first, the first day, uh, you know, I'm going to be like setting the example. I was like freaking out. I didn't know what to do. But by like, I think we were there like three or four days. By like the fourth day, like any opportunity that we had, we had t-shirts on and the whole shebang. And so I would just talk to people. And so at first, yeah, it was really hard. But it's, for me, I think a big thing is about just giving it a go. And even if you fall flat on your face, uh, God still loves you. The grace of God is still on you. God, you know, doesn't think you're any worse or any better. And so that's the thing I think I always have to hold on to, even if I fail and I muck up. Actually, God, God still loves me. That's great. And um, just going to come to the final question. Same thing I asked Steve as a final question. Though it comes naturally to you, it doesn't to everyone. So what advice would you give to people who don't find it so easy? I, I, I would say um, pray for the opportunities, like what has been said. You can say to God, God, I, I want an opportunity today. Please give me one. Uh, and just even about building those relationships with your, with your colleagues. And once you've built that relationship, then actually, you know, then you can start having the deeper conversations with them. Um, and a big thing for me, I'm a massive overthinker. And so I have to externally process, like, everything. Um, and so if I overthink, I'm probably not going to do it. So, for example, um, the youth that are here will know this story already, is... There's this person I work with who's got a bad back. And I've worked at um, the college for two years, and I'd never prayed for her. She's like the only person that I feared. And um, she, uh, I, just, I just was really scared of praying for her. And actually, just last week, I was like, you know what? I've just got to do it. Um, and I stopped overthinking it. And I just had a go. Knowing that if she says yes, God loves me. If she says no, God loves me. So that's the thing, I think, to hold on to. Okay, brilliant. Thanks very much, Dan. Why don't we thank Dan for coming up? I can really relate to Dan's last point there about um, being a chronic overthinker because I'm one of those too. And I think um, sometimes it is just easier if we just embrace that some of what we believe and some of what we talk about is really strange to people who don't know Jesus. It simply is. And if we kind of embrace that, then it can make all the difference in just going, well, do you know what? This is odd. Because actually, whether you're a Christian or not, all of us are a bit odd in our own unique way. Um, so a couple of years ago, I went away for two days to spend some time getting to know and praying with some other women in leadership in our family of churches. And there were a couple of men there too, but it was mainly women. Um, and while I was there, one of the men asked me to stand up, this was during a time prayer, and to put my arms out like, like this. And then he started piling cushions up on top of my arms. And one after another, he pulled them up until they were up to here and I couldn't see. I mean, obviously, that didn't take too many cushions in my case, but um, he was piling them up. And then he said, I think that sometimes you feel like you've got a lot to carry, maybe too much. But God says he has given you a lot to carry. God says to you, he's given you a lot to do, and this means carrying a lot. But he wants you to know that he'll lead you when you feel like you're carrying so much you can't see. And that also, that while he's got a lot for you to carry, it's light like these cushions. He said, you're holding a lot of cushions at the moment, but actually they're not heavy, they're not weighing you down, they're light. 
So that was just a word that God had, you know, gave this guy for me to encourage me. And when I got back, I went um, straight round to visit one of my friends who doesn't know Jesus. And she said, oh, how was your time away? And I was like, yeah, it was good. And she was like, oh, well, what happened? I was like, oh, you know, praying and stuff. And she's like, yeah, no, what sort of things? So I thought, I'm just going to tell her. So I was like, okay, this might sound really weird, but this guy got me to put my arms out. And I, I told her the story about the cushions. And um, she listened, and she did think it was odd. And she kind of was like, okay, that's a bit weird, but fine. And, you know, it's interesting, but it's a little bit strange. And that was the end of that. Until a few months later, when I was complaining to the same friend about how much I had going on in my life. And I was telling her about all these amazing opportunities I was having. And they were all good things. But I was basically complaining about all the good things in my life. Because I was like, it's just too much for me. Like, I just don't know how to balance it right. I don't quite know how to, yeah, just get the logistics of it right. And she turned around to me and went, but didn't God get that guy to put all the cushions on your arms and tell you? And, you know, I'd completely forgotten it. I'd completely forgotten this kind of this illustration that God had um, kind of made a point to me. And I, it was a, one of my friends who doesn't know Jesus who reminded me of a prophetic word that God has given to me. And when that happens, it is odd, but it's amazing. It really is. And I've also helped that same um, friend who ha- sometimes she's got talks and interviews to do. And normally we thrash it out together and I help her with it. So when I was going to be speaking in this church um, a couple of years ago, I think it was, on God and refugees from the book of James, the letter of James, I said to her, oh, I've got to do this talk. Can you read the letter of James in the Bible and let me know what you think of it to help me? And she said, are you tricking me into reading the Bible? And I said, well, it's not a trick if you know that's what's happening. And, and she actually did. She read James. And the weird thing is that she's quoted it at me several times since, even though it was a couple of years ago. Not all of us need to do it the way I do it or the way Steve does it or the way Dan does it. Earlier this week, I was talking to Val Bailey, who many of you know, who's here this morning. And she was telling me that she talks to people at the bus stop. That's kind of her way of doing it. She says she follows the example that Jesus set, which you can read about in John's Gospel, chapter 4, where he went up to a Samaritan woman and just started talking to her about something really normal. He said, will you give me a drink? And Val was saying she just goes up to the bus stop and waits for the bus and says, have I missed the bus? or talks about the weather, or finds some way to get into conversation. And through that, through talking to strangers in that way, she's had some incredible conversations. She was saying how, um, because she doesn't hear so well, she often will put her arm, her hand on someone's arm, and she did that to someone um, on the bus, and then suddenly thought, oh, sorry, because, you know, she didn't know her, it was a stranger. And that the woman said, please don't move your hand. Actually, no one's touched me for a couple of weeks. We don't know how God is going to use us to show his love to others. I've had a similar situation, actually, with a homeless guy who I got talking to in the street who said, will you shake my hand? And I did, and then I said, why did you ask me to shake your hand? And he said, because I haven't had any physical contact for as long as I can remember. And actually, some of the ways we just get to express the love of God, we don't know what he's doing behind the scenes. So whether it's with strangers on a bus or whether it's with dear friends who are part of our lives and family members, we just um, have these opportunities that God will open up to us if we're open to them and we ask him to, to do this. Val said the way she sees it is like this. She said, I get to throw God's love out all over the place, knowing some of it will land and some of it won't. I plant the seeds, but it's down to God to water them. I love that. I really do. There's really nothing that compares to seeing um, God's work at life, it, God at work in someone's life 
whether they're a stranger or someone you dearly love. And we showed this alpha video last week, but we're just going to show it now um, quickly, just because it says more on this. So we'll go. Over the last few years, I've uh, invited a number of people on Alpha. Um, most of those people have been from work. Some of them have been friends as well. Some of them have done Alpha, some of them haven't. Um, I love Alpha. It's been brilliant to be involved in it. Um, I've become a Christian 30-odd years ago, and God changed my life, so it's natural that I want them to meet God as well. One morning, I came to the early morning prayer meeting, and we were asked to pray for somebody we would like to come to know Jesus. And straight away, I thought my friend Mavis... Growing up when I was a child, when I was a teenager, my nan was one of the people I was closest to in my family. We had a really great relationship. I really um, adored her and she came on an Alpha course. And for me, this was amazing because none of the rest of my family were Christians. I've been married to Lee for almost 20 years and we've got two amazing children. Um, we've always had a fun, happy, loving marriage, but there's been something missing and that was Jesus. I prayed in my little group for Mavis and would you believe it, as I was driving out of the Hastings Centre, who should I bump into but Mavis? She said, what are you doing up here so early? I said, prayer meeting. In fact, I've just prayed for you and wondered whether you'd like to come to one of these events. She went on the Alpha, she thoroughly enjoyed it, just sitting in, asking questions, listening. Over the years, I've prayed and prayed that um, Lee would come to know Jesus. But it was only a few years ago, when we came to King's, um, that he decided that he would go along to an Alpha. I love Alpha courses because they're accessible. There's no question that can't be asked at an Alpha. You know, I used to get a bit embarrassed about sort of bringing some of my friends who are not churched um, into a sort of church environment um, but all of the guys that I've invited and some of them weren't particularly used to come to church they've always felt comfortable they've always enjoyed it. A number of guys over the years have, have, um, have become Christians at work I think we sort of counted it up it's about sort of 15 or 16 um, and then their families as well um, and, it, and it kind of changed the culture of, of our workplace you know suddenly we would be able to pray for certain situations after work and sometimes before it. She became a Christian she loves Jesus and our relationship just changed. It was so much deeper and so rich that we just shared our love and we pray together. We pray in a swimming pool, wherever we are. And it's a totally different relationship to what we had before. It's been an amazing journey seeing Lee's face grow. It's completely changed our family. Um, at home now, we can sit as a family and pray and we can talk about Bible verses and it just completely changes the dynamic of everything. It's so wonderful when someone you know comes to know Jesus, when someone you love comes to know Jesus. She had had a lot of hard things happen in her life, many of which she said she felt she didn't know if she could forgive God for. But she came on Alpha, she asked all of her questions and eventually she became a Christian. And I was just so thrilled when that happened. I loved that she came to know Jesus. I loved it when she got baptised. Uh, she was 70 years old when she became a Christian. And then all of a sudden, she got really ill and she was in hospital for several weeks before she died. So for me, I was just so grateful that God had rescued my nan before she died. We got to share our faith together and I know that one day I'll get to see her again.
There really is nothing like someone you love coming to know Jesus and getting to share him. And the point of this morning isn't to bring this in a heavy way, isn't to bring any sense of, oh, I must go out and do this. I must go and be someone I'm not. It's really about what Paul was saying in the worship. It's about pushing the boundaries beyond where we've gone before. So it's just about taking that next step in sharing your faith, whatever that might look like for you, however you might find it easiest to do it, knowing that people might find it weird, might find it strange, but actually we just sow the seeds, like Val said. We just have this opportunity to share the love of God with people, and then it's up to God to do the rest, to do his part. So um, Paul's going to now come up and just lead us in a bit of a response to this before we have church news. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you, uh, Natalie, Dan and Steve. They're, they're shooting off to um, Bex Hill now, but if you see them over the next few weeks, do, do encourage them. And I hope you found that helpful, just different people's stories, different ways that people do it. On the way in, hopefully you received a mission challenge card. Um, we gave them out at the beginning of last term. They're just a little practical tool to help each one of us take a few steps forward when it comes to mission. On one side of it is a whole list of different ways where we could step out in mission. And on the other side, there's three blank white rectangles where you can write in who you're praying for. And it might be that since last term, the things you wrote in there, well, the prayers have been answered. You've seen some of these things change you've seen situations open up and if that is the case that is absolutely brilliant well why don't you at the start of January why don't you write down three more different mission challenges it might be a neighbor you're praying for it might be someone in your family Um, it might be that I don't know you will invite someone to Alpha or you'll pray for a relative or someone who is sick or as Dan said I mean, the next quiz night isn't for a few months yet, but actually, right, I want to have a table at the next quiz night with my work colleagues. I don't know. So why don't we um, go for that? I'm just going to, I'm going to pray, and then Hannah's going to come and bring church news. Lord, I I just want to thank you, Lord God, that you've made us all unique, and you've made us all different. But Holy Spirit, thank you that you live inside all of us, and uh, you live inside of all of us to um, help us when we don't have the words to say. To give us boldness when we fear, when we fear, when we're fearful. To provoke, to stir, and to challenge. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, will you help us as a church and as a family just take a few steps forward together in this whole area of mission? Lord God, wherever we're at at the moment, would you help us take those next few steps? We ask for that in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.